You're listening to Khan Podcasts. An analysis by Professor Itai Ater and Dr. Tzachi Raz of the Israel Democracy Institute shows how the removal of checks and balances can lead to an increase in the level of corruption and damage to the Israeli economy. Professor Ater, a professor of economics at Tel Aviv University and a senior fellow at the Israel Democracy Institute, spoke to us about the study. We've been studying this issue of corruption and, and checks and balances. However, just to get, take a, a picture of what we're thinking about when we're talking about the potential harm to the economy, typically we're talking about the tech industry or some short-term impact of this judicial reform. And what we do here, we're taking a different uh, view on this and uh, trying to look at data and perhaps at a longer view of what's going to happen to the Israel economy. And just to the, the starting point was trying to look at what happened in Poland and Hungary. And there, indeed, in the last few years, these are two countries that also um, went through a similar process of what we've been doing, what we see here in Israel. We see that corruption has been going up. And that, to some extent, is worrying. And, and we're trying to understand why is that, is that the case. This, uh, Poland and Hungary is just an example, or is it a good example or not, exa- or, or a bad example of what we are supposed to see in Israel? And then we, we looked at dozens of countries and trying to figure out what is the relationship between uh, checks and balances or the ability to to have constraints on the power of the government, okay, or taking data and trying to figure out whether countries that have weaker ability to 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 control the government or fewer constraints on the government, what do we see for corruption uh, in these countries? And there's a very stark and strong relationship. We see that those countries that have stronger ability or stronger constraints on the government power have much less corruption. Okay, so I'm thinking about countries like Norway or Finland or Denmark. In those countries, we have much stronger constraints on the government and much weaker corruption, okay? And on the other hand, if we're taking uh, countries that hopefully we want, we don't want to look like them, talking about Venezuela or Nicaragua or the Russian Federation, in those countries we, we see much higher corruption and also much weaker constraints on the government. And this strong relationship is something which we find as some sort of an alarming because the judicial reform that is supposed to take place in Israel is basically allowed, allowing the government to do whatever it wants. Okay, if the government can do whatever it wants, there is a very, very strong concern that corruption will go up. And this is like the, the first step of the analysis that we're doing, uh, capturing or establishing this strong relationship between checks and balances and the level of corruption. Where has Israel stood on the scale in terms of corruption over the years in your analysis? As well? Well, that's interesting. So Israel um, is not the best uh, example of a country without corruption. And in, in, in Israel, this uh, index that we're using, indeed, we see an increase in corruption. However, last year, 2022, uh, was the first year after at least several years that we see an improvement, an improvement in the sense that there's uh, less corruption according to this index. Um, one of the uh, reasons for that potential reason is indeed in some some steps have been taken in the last uh, last year or so, including what has been mentioned is the uh, is uh, the the case against the Prime Minister Netanyahu. The fact that this is a, a sign of of a, of a 
independent uh, judiciary. Okay, that's in the time, and that's what gave us good good uh, uh, mark on this issue of corruption in the last year. Something that we are worried that indeed, if we look at the, the index next year, if all this legislation will come through, um, surely the, 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 this, in, this index would not look uh, as good as it looked uh, last year. And this index is perceptions of corruption, evaluations. What does this index actually consist of? Yeah, so so corruption is not something that we can like have a, a very unique, accurate measure. And that's what and what they do. They they talk to several experts. They take uh, some uh, ways to measure this and talk to and do surveys with, with those who are, have knowledge in this area. They do this across many many countries, and this is what they come up with. Okay, this measure of uh, of corruption of perception of, of corruption. Okay, so that's true. This is not a really objective, uh, very, very objective measure, but this is a very common way to measure corruption. And this has been used in many studies. And this is what we follow. So we're not like uh, coming up with a new measure. We just adopt this, this measure, which is like, uh, it's called Transparency International. And that's the measure that uh, they're using for corruption. Now, alongside with this analysis of the perception of corruption, you've also tied it to the issue of economic development as well. Yes, so that's, that's a good point. So indeed, um, some, some may say, okay, corruption, we don't think it's good, but does it actually affect our, our well-being or the economic welfare or the, the income? What the, what the actual impact on, on, the, on, on the economy or the, what, what we're earning at the, at the end of the month? And then we still see a very strong relationship, which perhaps is not surprising, but we still see that it's so strong where those countries that have much higher corruption have much worse economy, okay? So the average income in those countries is much lower, okay? And countries without corruption have a much higher income. So I'm trying to, like, to link the dots or to uh, connect the dots if what we're going to see in Israel is weakening the judiciary and weakening the ability to have a stronger constraints on the government powers, it's very likely that corruption will go up. If corruption goes up, it's very likely that income uh, will go down. Okay, so that's the story that we're trying to make, the connecting the dots. A weaker judiciary, higher corruption, and then also uh, a weaker economy and lower uh, income per person in that country. It has been discussed much in many of the uh, forums now, but why is it that the economy would suffer uh, if these changes came in? So th- there are many channels where we can think why the economy would suffer, but if we're just trying to, to look at what we're saying here, what's corruption? It means that we won't get the high-quality individuals in the government, it won't have good people in the public service, it won't have good people in the judiciary. If we if think about going to court and we see that the, the judge is not judging based on the fact, okay, it's not on the merit of the of the case, but rather because of your uh, somehow know this guy or the other, this is surely would have a negative, big adverse impact on the economy. Okay, that's uh, just one example. Taking another example, if we know that those judges are being selected not based on their uh, professional uh, knowledge and stuff like that, we're going to see much fewer investment in Israel. And we see other firms going out of Israel. Okay, So this idea of corruption would surely have a strong impact on the economy on various ways. 
what we do in this analysis, just pointing that this is not just stores. This is based on data, based on comparison of many, many other countries where we see this strong relationship between corruption and the economy.